Welcome to the Helen Pedroso podcast. I am your host, Helen Pedroso. And in this podcast, we talk about how to get to our sweet spots by nurturing ourselves, our careers, and the communities that we are part of, the relationships that we are in to other people, to ideas, concepts, knowledge, and experiences that we are building in our lives. So I don't know what today's episode has in store for us, but let's figure out it together. So welcome everybody. Today we have Deep. I'm still not sure I'm pronouncing your name right because I always get confused about the pronunciation. Did I do it right? Almost right. So Swarandeep. Swarandeep. Yeah. You always crack me on that. I'm going to learn eventually. <laughs> so we actually met on starting block back in 2017, right? 2018. 2018. Yeah. And um, yeah, I feel like ever since we've just been, you know, following each other and, and supporting each other. And one of the things that I just want everyone to know about you is that as we were talking about before I started recording, you're always doing amazing things to empower people. And I admire that about you very much. I think there's so much in your story and the projects that you do. I feel like you're very selective in the things that you choose to contribute to. And the impact is just tremendous. And that's one of the things I love the most about you and the things that you choose to put your attention and energy towards and building that impact. So I just want everyone to kind of know that about you right off the head. And yeah, I wanted, um, you know, is there anything else you would like to add about how we met or do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? I think I will go ahead and introduce myself. I think you pretty much covered everything. So hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Swarandeep, in short, Swaran. Uh, I, while I'm physically based in New Delhi, India, I have spent uh, parts of uh, my last few years in a bunch of places and largely uh, Europe in uh, Spain and uh, Denmark and a bit of it in US, uh, more as a, I would say, as a business traveler than a resident. Uh, but like I, I, I would call myself a global citizen, uh, have friends or know people in more than 170 countries now. Um, professionally, I, uh, I run my uh, early stage fund called uh, Luca Capital. It's a Danish word, which means happiness. Uh, but in English, it's either as like or uh, uh, like I, some people call it dislike, but others call it like. Uh, so depending on how you pronounce it, you can call it either like or like capital. And uh, I set this up last year. Uh, before that, I've spent about 10 years uh, in financial services, out of which last five years have been in uh, venture capital. I started my journey with a Spanish fund uh, who were looking to do uh, venture capital investments in India and uh, <clears throat> invested in five companies through their fund uh, and later on uh, set up something to invest in other venture capital funds across Europe. And uh, after that, I did a role, uh, consulting role in sustainability for a Danish nonprofit called Unleash. And since then, I've uh, done uh, combined both my interest areas to do a lot of stuff, one in investing and second in sustainability. Awesome. Thank you. It's again, I told you, everybody, it's a lot of very impactful things. Um, so 
for everybody to just understand a little bit of your journey and you know how all of these amazing things came to be i wanted to ask you um what were the turning points for you in your career in your journey um what were the main lessons that you think you could share to people who may be going through similar things like is there any highlights in your journey sure sure so i think uh, i i will give a, a little bit context on how uh, in brief uh, then share a couple of i would say key takeaways or uh, major uh, points and then uh, your prompt around uh, turning points so by background i'm a computer engineer uh, but middle of my course i realized uh, this is not something that i want to do for the rest of my life uh, so i started experimenting uh, a lot in college on what i can uh, do with some of the skill set that i'm getting or or knowledge and knowledge networks and other things that i'm uh, taking along so i uh, towards us uh, my junior and senior years in college i started getting uh, drawn towards financial services or financial markets in particular uh, because that was something that kind of uh, struck me or uh, inspired me uh, and i was anyway uh, other than my uh, college used to attend a lot of events around financial markets and uh, to learn more about how it works what are stakeholders and and so on and so forth so i started my career uh, combining both uh, both my areas so engineering as a discipline as a study and uh, financial services as a domain so my first role was with a company called sapient global markets uh, that was typically doing it and business consulting for uh, financial institutions globally and on the other hand commodity uh, people like institutions in the commodities market so typically oil and gas uh natural gas power those kind of players so i did a very brief or short role there because i had already figured out uh, engineering is something that i don't want to do for a long time but at the same time i wanted to challenge myself that uh, is it just a preconceived notion or a bias that i have or is this is something that i know from my intuition and gut feeling and pretty much know that this is not something that will work out in the long term so i did that role for a year uh, after which i decided that i want to jump full time Uh, into financial services so i took a role with a company called blackrock uh, which is the world's largest asset manager uh, by when i joined it was managing about 7 trillion dollar in assets uh, globally and now i think it's somewhere uh, maybe like 8 or 9 trillion dollars uh, and i think one good thing that i liked was that it was using a bit of my engineering skill still like uh, uh, like a lot of uh say securities and equities and fixed income works typically stored in databases and uh they had their own tech or software systems to get say pricing information uh run uh, different risk scenarios and also it was still using some of engineering principles but it was still a very hardcore financial services load and the uh, i think one thing that i really liked about it was the kind of exposure so blackrock was working with um uh, like who's who of the financial services industries across the globe so in us uh, which was the which was their major market and some of the projects that i was doing was largely from the us was uh, they would have clients in the hedge fund industry regulators uh, banks financial institutions uh, private equity uh, so it was a very good um, uh, range of clients secondly the kind of projects were there right 
it was not typically like a mckinsey of the world but it was still doing a lot of projects in consulting for financial services so one day you would typically be working on say uh, how to do uh, pricing for uh, whole loans which are typically loans which are still sitting on books of banks to other day where you, where you will start uh, seeing on how how do you calculate uh, risk on say a shipping loan portfolio or a, or some other very esoteric complex kind of a security so it gave me a very good exposure of, of the entire i would say 360 degree view of the financial services industry and uh, when i spent 3 years i wanted to move further uh, so uh, instead of doing analysis on uh, different say fixed income bonds or securities i wanted to move a bit higher and start valuing companies so how do you price companies how do you value companies how do you invest in companies uh, this was my blackrock role was still giving advisory to clients to be able to take decisions on their investment which they are either doing or have already made and they want to maximize the value out of those investment so this role gave me uh, one it was a turning point because uh, from doing a, a very uh, from doing a role throughout in india like i've i've been born brought up stayed most of my life in india uh, this role was with a spanish uh, venture capital firm uh, which also had other divisions so it had a consulting and a, a, a mid size uh, investment bank as well but i was uh, selected to be in the investments team and secondly i think one th- the other thing that i really liked about is was that it was a very very lean organization so uh, for example for an indian fund we were just two people me and uh, my boss who was the partner of the company or the fund uh, we, between the two of us we were managing everything related to india so uh, i think that gave me a lot of exposure on how investments are done how vc funds are raised how do they deploy money who are the investors in vc funds and uh, like how do you, how do they approach them and that kind of thing and it changed my trajectory in the sense that i uh, like i didn't i had a very good network in india but not as extensive network outside india so Uh, uh like i spent most of my time in madrid uh which i was initially selected to be based out of but then we realized that since i'm making uh, venture capital investments in india uh i should be more closer to where the companies are or where the action is happening so i used to do back and forth travel between india and spain uh and madrid being a very metropolitan city i think i got exposed to so many cultures i of course spain or spanish was the dominant culture but then there were so many people from latin america from other parts of the world from asia from america uh, i think that was my kind of foray into international getting international or getting global uh and uh, to top it was uh, top it up it was not just professional like a lot of cultural act- activities and things were happening all 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 the time uh so there would used to be like say uh wine tasting and uh, lo- local flamenco dance and typical very very spanish kind of thing so i think i got really immersed in the culture there as well uh, while i used to spend maximum like 30 to 45 days in a single trip i really got exposed to the culture there and then i think one major uh one or two major things uh, that have been my highlights uh, not just in that role but in general have been uh, chasing uh, instead of passion i would say chasing curiosity so uh, i don't necessarily always have chased my passion but chased my curiosity so some day if i uh, get really serious about uh, getting deep into one particular area uh, i start basically looking at say how how that uh, ecosystem works how that country works so from doing public markets investment consulting i landed into private markets doing venture capital and during my venture capital stint of about 3 3 and a half years uh, 
one other thing which i got really curious about how do venture capital funds raise money because uh, like the journey from entrepreneurs raising money from venture capital became quite evident but how do venture capital funds raise money from their set of investors so i figured out a few things talked to a bunch of people locally in europe as well as in india and then uh, i think by stroke of luck uh, there was a spanish uh, gentleman uh, who was visiting india for a india european delegation which i had organized so just because he was spanish i walked up to him uh, asked him uh, that uh, like it seems that you are spanish and don't mind me asking but are you spanish so then uh, our conversation started and he we kind of uh, drew where our kind of common commonalities and cultural uh, things were and then he uh, told us about a very uh, it was a public tender but not very well advertised per se uh, about a uh, fund of funds opportunity where our firm would get money uh, from them uh, a small uh, portion of money from their institution which was european commission european investment fund uh, to deploy in other venture capital funds so that basically kind of helped me understand on how lps or limited partners as they are called in the venture capital parlance uh, invest money into other venture capital funds and for us to be able to uh, get to that position so that we can uh, instead of companies start also investing in funds so that really changed the trajectory of the company that they were just doing investments in companies through their funds but then they started becoming becoming more of a fund of funds so they would invest further in funds which would then invest in venture capital funds so i got a really good exposure and hang on one how how that venture capital funds are raised and then how do you re- really screen venture or evaluate venture capital capital funds when you're investing in one of them uh, so i think by the time i uh, while i had not gotten everything that i wanted out of my role i had gotten a re- really decent exposure to doing direct investments as in startups or in funds uh, i wanted to i think one other bug started hitting me which was around sustainability so how do, uh, like how climate change and uh, like other sustainability thing that we're seeing now becoming much more prominent i had a small inkling from a few years since i joined that how how does that world work like or what is uh, happening in that domain industry so i was uh, attending one of the conferences similar to starting block uh, in in uh, denmark uh, called unleash and uh, they they it was a innovation program uh, a, a 10 day innovation program which was completely residential which brought 1000 young people from almost 130 countries uh, to select one topic of their choice which was one of the sdgs or sustainable development goals uh, as defined by un and uh, contribute an idea there and see if if it can actually become a venture or a, or like take the form of an enterprise so i really liked what was hap- what what i saw there and like so many people bringing a lot of challenges from their own communities cities uh, wherever they live wherever they work and like how they want to solve those problems and like of course some of the problems are very very common across the world but then there are a lot of local flavors to those problems as well uh, so i really got impressed about it and then i kind of thought it would be really cool for me be for me to be able to use my investing and other financial skills that i have to uh, contribute in the sector so that's how i pitched uh, to the chairman of that company who had set up that non profit and uh, was doing this program that uh, he had something in mind to raise a fund uh, to invest in some of the very promising ideas that would eventually come out of that program so i, I pitched myself uh that this is something that i'm interested in uh, he said okay give me a few months uh, our non profit is 
very very early it's not even like one year old so let me figure out some new projects and funds and then we can talk again and uh, like discuss so eventually he came back to me after two or three months said you know uh, we have uh, some visibility now about our future so we can hire you so that's how i ended up cracking a non-profit based out of denmark uh, uh, and that was completely unrelated to what i studied or worked in which was sustainability and i had a very very uh, small idea on how would it it fit in my long term plan or like even short term plan like say 3 to 5 year plan and and a very long term plan as well but i thought that you know i've been able to experiment a lot and been able to chase curiosity so i think something would come up as i start working with them so after a, i think a year or year and so uh, i figured out that you know there is a growing field of uh, work which is called by different names so some people call it esg uh, environmental social governance investing some people call it responsible investing some people call it uh, impact investing and uh, sustainable investing there are so many terms that are thrown around that actually combines both the fields sustainability and investing so i stayed at that non profit for 3 years which i left early last year in uh, feb uh, in march 2021 and then started working in sustainable finance which was actually combining both these fields uh, sustainability and finance so i joined an organization called cgir uh, which was earlier known as consultative group on international agriculture research so they they had chosen two or three very specific uh, sectors slash sdgs uh, agriculture and things are that are related to agriculture so natural ones are uh, land and water so all of these three are essentially part of the same ecosystem uh, food and agri or food and agriculture uh, so our work or my work was to basically help impact funds corporates multilateral organizations like world bank and uh, to figure out on how they can start embedding sustainability in their supply chain or if they already have a fund how do they bring in say a gender smart investment and a climate smart investment lens into their investment philosophy and uh, framework and all so i did that role for a year uh, and i left just left a couple of months back because i had parallelly developed something uh, called luca capital or like capital which is a syndicate and by syndicate it's a, basically means a group of people similar to a mutual fund but for private market so there are like 100 or people now in my syndicate uh, where i source uh, in an investment opportunity to invest in an indian startup uh, and i i do all the sourcing valuation screening and then basically bring it to everybody's attention and people who want to invest in that they basically invest along with me in that syndicate so i've done five investments in 2021 uh, looking to do a bunch of investments in 22 as well and then i kind of wanted a sm- small break it's not a like complete break break per se but i wanted to figure out okay so uh, like i've left that role what do i do next so that is something that i'm still uh, looking to do and in between i think uh, uh, since the time i started that role uh, till now like almost one year uh, i read two important books related to what i was going through or looking at one was a book called range uh, where they say uh, how deep generalists thrive uh, in a world of specialist Uh, so how do people who have a, like a literally are like a t they go deep into a few areas they're not specialist in uh, any one single of them but they are deep enough about a single area that they can apply uh, learning experiences and leverage networks from one industry or one domain to the other domain 
So I could figure out that that is one area that I actually have done a lot, which is like uh, spend three years in public markets, three years in private markets, three years in sustainability. Uh, I might not be specialist of any of these three areas, but I know enough about all these three areas to be able to either stitch them together or be able to create something and something really innovative, meaningful out of that. So that was one. The other one was a book called Ikegai, which is how, how like a, a Venn diagram of what the world need, what you are good at, what you enjoy doing. So that, which is around the Japanese concept and how people who have been following that principle lead very long and uh, healthy lives. So I think those were two uh, like uh, books that I read, which I could relate to very much uh, given my personal uh, or professional trajectory, uh, uh, career trajectory. So I think that's a pretty uh, long uh, answer to the prompt that we were discussing around uh, how did I do what I do. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, it's beautiful that you're sharing all of that. I feel like because it's so specific, it's nice for people to understand the context. I've, I've, I know what you're talking about because I have a postgrad in social enterprises. So I've learned about investing and social investing and all of the things that you're saying, but I'm sure a lot of people don't even know what that is and like you know I, i'm i'm happy that you're giving them not just the terms but kind of the context because then they can understand it's a very particular world and you know it's, it's a lot of details so i love that you're sharing all of that and i think my follow-up question is i love that you mentioned all the turning points right um what were the main like lessons that you've learned mm. that you think other people who may be going through same struggles or things, you know, mm. what are the things that you could share with them that you've been through in all of these uh, mm. different turning points? Mm. I would say I have a lot of them, but I would uh, pick and choose top three. So one is that I think when uh, we are early in our career, we always think of career as a straight line, that it's a very linear path and you go from point A to point B. Uh, while in reality is actually a lot of zigzags around, maybe not for all people, but uh, like for a lot of people, that is also the case. So it's perfectly okay to have those zigzags and ups and downs in careers. And while you're still figuring out what is your true calling or like where you want to get to uh, be. Uh, so I think that is one lesson that I've learned that like people assume careers are linear. Uh, maybe that used to be the case many years or decades ago, but not anymore. Like with the world changing so fast, like now we have so much things about say blockchain, crypto, NFT. So unless you are like uh, learning fast or innovating fast, you will be left behind. So I think that was one key learning that I have taken that careers are not linear. Secondly, I think uh, even like people who want to progress in careers, they always think about vertical growth. Like say, if I am an analyst today, I want to be an associate tomorrow. I want to be a vice president the next uh, in the my next designation. But they don't don't think about sideways movement. So from being an analyst at a say a venture capital organization to be able to use those learnings in a very different field. And while it sometimes feels that you are starting from scratch, but uh, you have experience, you have failures, you have successes to be able to leverage those to the other field. I think that is one big takeaway that I have, which is around careers are not linear. Or like nowadays, you typically will refer to careers as lattice. So you might move up in uh, one domain and then sideways in another domain, and you can figure it out the way you want to be, not necessarily uh, like where the convention, con conventional careers have been able to do that. Second, I would say is uh, around uh, like, if you don't ask the answer is always a no. 
So I think I have reached out to like hundreds and thousands of people as I was figuring out roles that I can do. Uh, if I'm interviewing with someone, like uh, what does that uh, career uh, look like? What are some of the things that they liked in that role? They don't like in that role. What are very particular nuances? How can one be successful? How uh, typically who are stakeholders in that domain? So like not just having a role in mind or a domain in mind, but like having a very complete picture of the entire ecosystem. So if you are working in venture capital, who do you invest? Uh, who do you take investment from? How do you think about it? What does your typical day look like? Like I've done, I think, informational interviews with thousands and thousands of people across multiple domains. So VC, public markets, sustainability, sustainable investments. So I think that uh, gives me uh, beyond theoretical knowledge, we can, we can, which you can uh, always search on internet. People have shared some of their experiences, but like some of the true learnings, because in some sense, no two people have same kind of careers. Like they have different kind of limitations, constraints. Uh, challenges, academic backgrounds, countries they are living in, and so on and so forth. So how do you take that experience, not put it, like don't, not to kind of copy paste it into your scenario, but see on how it can be transformed into your particular scenario and how to best do that. I think that has been my second learning. One, like to always reach out to people, even if they don't respond or say a no, you still know like who to reach out to or who works where, what do they do and and if you are respectful enough of people's time like how to uh, write cold emails which can give you good responses so that's all part of like reaching out to as many people as you can and not just in the same country but globally like it doesn't matter where that person is living and now with covid i think things have become much easier uh with that like you like everything has moved virtual and there are people who are collaborating across different countries different borders different time zones so that has been my second learning. The third one, I think, uh, is that people in general place a lot of emphasis about uh, hard skills, which is like having, uh, say, knowledge uh, or uh, awareness. But I think a lot of as you move or, uh, like up your career, I think your relationships, your network and who you work, who you know, start mattering much more. So to have to have to kind of build that and uh, i think that is one major major reason that i have been able to do transitions which are like way too hard like from public markets to uh, venture capital investments to doing sustainability to coming back to doing investment but with a sustainable lens is that like most of those transitions have happened because i knew somebody uh, I could explain or sell myself the skill set that I have, the network that I have and the experiences that I have and how can that be leveraged and applied in that particular role or job. So I think that has been my key learning that like have build authentic uh, and trustful relationship and not see networking as a transaction that, okay, I reach out to you, you refer me or you connect me to that. I think that becomes true transaction and you might, that person might, might or might not be able to do at that instant. But if you develop a curiosity in his, like in the, that person's uh, say career, career trajectory role and uh, to be able to contribute to him or her and to be able to get that back uh, as well. So I like have meaningful relationship. I think fourth one, which is kind of related to all this is uh, have a like similar to a VC. So how VCs typically work is that they invest in say 20 companies from one fund, which is that the funds, which the companies which are performing, they double down and make a second investment in that in a fall on down. And the companies which are not performing or which are just average, they hold back. They don't invest further. I think similarly, I think 
jobs roles are also i have started seeing it in that lens after i became a venture capitalist that have a portfolio of jobs or a portfolio of skills that the ones which are working really well go deep into that or double down on that and ones which are not working basically remove that because you know you're not getting very good at it so either you figure out a way to get good at it and if you think that you will not be able to get at, uh, get out of it uh, maybe because of say personality maybe the skills and other thing because everybody has their own kind of likes and dislikes about different things so if part one particular role job is not working out like have a portfolio of roles and jobs so that you can double down on ones which are uh, giving you returns or giving you uh, benefits out of it I love how you put this last one because I feel like it's one of the hard things, right? To learn how to map that portfolio of skills and, and which one to invest. I love how you put that out. That's gold. Um, and I feel like all of these points are very important. I feel like not just for professional development, but I think for all areas of life too. I think the same mindset can apply to different areas of our lives. So I really mm. like the way you put that out. And I just wanted to kind of make it transferable skill, you know, because I feel like this is golden. Like it's so applicable, you know, to other areas too. Mm. Yeah. So um, the next question I would like to ask you is, how did you find clarity and purpose in your journey? Like when you were making decisions and of course you made many, you know, not just from investing, but in your career, who to, you know, the networking piece that you said, like how, how did you find enough clarity, purpose, whatever you want to call it to like make those decisions for yourself? Like where did you find it? How did you find it? Or how was that process for you? Hmm. So I think a part of it was uh, based on, say, values. Uh, so like, uh, and those values can come from different places. So for example, in my case, a, a significant part of it comes from, say, religion slash spirituality on, say, you have been groomed up as an adult with a certain set of values and uh, belief systems. So for, for me, I think that had a big role to play. So for example, the Sikh religion, which I belong to, has a role of, has a lot of emphasis on say, like uh, serving humanity, helping out and those kind of things. So that was always one of the uh, key pillars for me that even while I was doing my jobs, I used to help people say with referrals in other companies and roles that they wanted to crack or they wanted to connect to uh, for entrepreneurs, like uh, if they were raising money, how, how to connect them to the right investors and so on. So I think a big part of it was value-based because like given so much information overload that all of us have, uh, it becomes very hard uh, to kind of process what is meaningful, what you have to say no to and what you have to say yes to. Uh, so I think whenever uh, there is a dilemma or a confusion, okay, is this something that I, this looks very lucrative and uh, interesting and exciting, but do I actually accept this or not? While it might give me a very good, say, salary, it might give me a very good job location and uh, those kind of things. But does it actually fit my value system? And I think I didn't realize it till a very long time till I actually started working with one of coaches uh, who is like a executive slash career coach. So I think a lot of things that even I had on my mind, because as you go uh, like senior into your roles, you have uh, like much different kind of problems to solve than like actually finding a job like which ones to take uh, what to expect there and those kind of things so i think he started every time i had a confusion he started 
drawing me or going uh, making me go back to the values uh, that i had selected so like the first exercise we did after i got, got onboarded uh, got onboarded as a client with him was uh, to uh, to there were like i think 30 odd values that he had listed to pick pick i think top 5 or top 10 and then out of those top 10 pick top 3 Uh, so that you know that every time you are in a dilemma or a confusion you can actually go back which were those 30 set of universal values that you uh, that you had to choose from why did you select the top 3 and why did you select the top 3 uh, out of those top 10 so every time you follow like i think that is uh, one base which is like value based second i think uh, has always been that what what is something that i am most interested in or excited about so there are people who are very excited about say salaries that are being offered there are people who are very excited about the designations or the power that comes along with those uh, powerful and impactful roles for me it has always been curiosity what would i of course like money is important but it has never been like top one num- number one priority for me i know if i am passionate or very very interested about one particular area i am sure i will get very good at it uh, with time and then whatever whatever i am investing today uh, which might not give me immediate returns uh, would give me returns later on so like which uh, t- uh, which uh, which part of that to kind of uh, take forward so uh, so for me like ob- uh, putting objective criteria on uh, what i am optimizing for i am optimizing for say uh, work life balance whether i am optimizing for career growth whether i am optimizing for that so i think that has been another pillar Uh, so one values has been one second is like what are you optimizing for third i think uh, that uh, what what is typically referred as flow which is that uh, your work eventually uh, or at at some point of time should feel like fun or play that that is something that you are naturally very good at and take it takes a lot of time and uh, to figure that out Uh, for me if, uh, like for example i had figured out uh, quite early on that i like talking to people and like uh, understanding what they do uh, doing for a lack of better word informational interviews what they do what uh, like what are they excited about in those roles what do they find interesting from a trends perspective uh, that is happening in their countries or in the global overall and be able to process that information and connect the dots so for example somebody who is say investor in social enterprise how some of the skill sets knowledge that is uh, amassing be applied to other areas so like having a natural curiosity not just for the domain or the subject part but also in people and their kind of choices so what are they thinking when they are making those kind of choices so i think that curiosity is uh, part slash uh, relationship part so what i am most curious about today or what do i want to learn today uh, so that i ha- i can have the feeling that uh like i am still in school uh, while i am not doing a formal school school but i am still in school and learning about something which is very new so i think those three things have been uh, key drivers uh, like value system uh, curiosity and then second is what i am optimizing for i love that because that's one of the things that i do with my mentees too i always go back to the values so i really resonate with everything you're saying and i i feel like um from the time i spent in india i just want to point out for people because i feel like a lot of people who may be listening may not understand the sikh um religion and culture and all the beliefs and my time in india taught me so much about it and i think it's a beautiful like everything around it is beautiful so i totally understand where you're coming from but i think a lot of people may not have the context so i just want to recommend everybody to look it up because it it's worth the while it really is um and so i i think All of those points that you made are are very important and I see that 
um, you know, the values, the the way you described how you you did it all. I feel like it always comes back to that, right? And it's that grounding point inside of us that sometimes we kind of underestimate or overlook and actually is the place where we can actually get, you know, what we need when we're making decisions. So I love how you put it out. Um, now, what would you recommend for those looking to find their own purpose and clarities in their own path in their own way? Like, what would you recommend for them if they don't know what that is for them yet? So I think uh, what has worked for me and I think uh, is that you start eliminating things that you don't like, which is like you experiment a lot, uh, uh, which is like whether it is in jobs, whether it is domains, and then naturally you would understand what you don't like or don't uh, want to do. Uh, for me, it has not been like naturally something one day appeared that, okay, I want to do this. It is like I have tried a, like many different things. A lot of them have failed. And then the, through that failures, I've learned that this is something that does not work for me or I don't like doing it a lot. Uh, so I think experimentation plus failures is a key that uh, people who like, like with startups, if you're not failing fast enough, you're not learning enough. So in my case also, I think that has been the case that I've tried a even if I've not done those roles full time, I've like still done those roles. For example, I've helped a lot of people recruit. So like I've gotten a very good sense of how recruiting happens. And while I'm not a full time HR uh, ever, or I've done anything formally in HR, I understand that space very well now. Similarly, uh, like done business development, and that business development was a result of having a good enough or a strong network and being being able to connect the dots. Similarly, partnerships, and then while I wanted to apply a lot of that at the organization level, started thinking about like board positions, uh, board director and uh, board observer, advisor slash mentor to boards on how uh, like in a way you keep trying out things. And then uh, eventually because of those failures and successes, you start to understand, okay, what is, uh, you get a lot of self-awareness one that what you like, what you're liking, what you're not liking. And one thing that I learned from uh, not the same coaching session that I did, but like uh, keeping a log of entire activity that you do in the entire day and doing it, not just for a single day, but for like multiple weeks and then writing a feeling attached to each of those activities. So for example, if I'm talking, do I enjoy like talking or not? And I would mention that as a log. And then when you are going through that log actually, and, uh, uh, looking at the feelings associated with each of those activities, uh, it starts giving you a lot of data about yourself, about uh, what you are liking or what you're not liking. And of course, the things you're not liking, how can you eliminate them, whether you want to stay in the same role and eliminate those, or you want to take a role which is more aligned with the likes that you have and kind of, even if it does not eliminate all the dislikes, but at least it minimizes all the dislikes. So I think having that log has helped me uh, that uh, yeah, like having each activity listed and then what do you feel when you do that, do that activity? Uh, so I think that gives self-awareness plus experimentation and failures. I think both these things combined has helped me get, get that clarity uh, to find my purpose and uh, where I am most suited. And, and I think... Uh, a very good book, uh, which I mentioned earlier as well, is Ikagai. I think people uh, have read uh, that book. A lot of people either know about that concept or have read that book, but they haven't applied that well enough in their uh, uh, careers or like finding careers. Uh, so I think if somebody actually re reads his books, understands it and starts applying it, uh, it is a wonderful book. And I think a lot of these books are in that sense prescriptive and done that. But how do you take that abstract idea from a book 
to your daily life because uh, like that is the hard part so in my case i think i came about this wonderful exercise that i mentioned like uh, keep a log of all the activities that you do and like having a feeling associated with it and then that can actually tell you how to apply ikigai to your uh, say career or to your professional uh, development yeah i love the log and the ikigai because um, even in my methodology, I refer to Ikigai. I don't use it, but I refer to it. And it's funny you're mentioning the log because I have a similar exercise where I actually tell my mentees to map out the experiences they had and what they learned, like the skills and, you know, what the things. But I love how you mentioned the, the like and the dislike. And I think that's a very powerful way to put it too because it helps you acknowledge and kind of map out the direction you want to go into. And I think one of the things that I also mentioned, which I love about this log exercise you're saying, is sometimes the title in the job description, like the, the title in the job mm. is not going to be the same, but the job description is going to match what you like. Mm. And having what you said really helps you to kind of forget the job title, forget the senior, forget the, forget that. Look into the job description and then match that. I feel like that's a very powerful exercise to have because sometimes you only do that by reading the job description and then you wonder like, do I like this? Do I not like this? But when you're doing that consistently, it's very helpful to just have something to, you know, kind of put together side by side and compare. So that's a very powerful thing. I, I love that you you mentioned that. I think it's a very powerful exercise. And of course, like all the lessons and everything, I think all of that together can give a lot of empowerment for people who are struggling with decision making and mm. what do I do next and you know, mm. all of that. So I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Is there Definitely. any final words that you would like to advise, tips, anything else, encouragement words that you would like to give to whoever's listening? Definitely. I think uh, in my case, I started using a coach pretty late, uh, I would say, in my career. Uh, but I had a lot of like informal coaches, advisors, mentors, uh, but never a very formal one. And people think that it is only for like top C-level executives. But I feel that maybe even for people who are like two years, three year experience, if they start working with a coach who can actually challenge their thought process, give uh, or, or give his or her perspective about uh, like how to think about it. It's not giving you the answer, but like making you think about those things. Uh, which is slightly different from mentor, which is for in, in case of mentor, what I understand is like giving you answers directly. Okay, uh, do this, think about this. But coach, he does not give you the, he gives you the tool, but like makes you use the tool so that you can arrive at your decision yourself instead of him giving you the answer to any of the challenges, whether professional, personal that you're facing uh, and in a, in a very guided and a structured manner. So I think I would recommend uh, everybody to, if they can to have a like a formal a professional coach, if they cannot uh, for whatever reason to have at least an informal set of people and that one or two person need not be consistent. In my case, for say investing, I have referred to a uh, like informally I've referred to a bunch of other people for say sustainability careers or sustainability social impact. I've referred to another bunch of people for some other third thing. I have referred to another third of people. So the, people typically have just one person or two person who like they consult on everything. But I know. 
if i cannot be a specialist or an expert at everything then the other person might not be a specialist or expert at everything as well so i have to have like multiple people who they can like bounce of ideas brainstorm but if possible hire a professional coach uh, to be able to help you steer your career or challenge you on your thought prospect uh, thought process and uh, steer you or at least give you the tool uh, that you need to be able to maneuver your career and uh, professional lives beautiful beautiful and for people who cannot afford uh, paid coaching paid mentoring uh, there is a platform that I actually mentor through. It's all mentoring for free. It's called ADP List. So I just want to mention mm. that um, it's very focused on designers, but there are marketers and HR, like there's all kinds of people there. It's just a matter of looking and pretty much everything there is for free. And it's people who have a lot of experience giving their advice and their thoughts and attention to people who need the, you know, who are in doubt or in decision making or looking for jobs or all of that. So I think that can be very helpful. There's also coaches there for more uh, personal, whatever, like, I don't know what to do with my life kind of things too. So it's just a matter of looking up and finding those people. But I, I really appreciate that you're saying that because I feel like it took me a long time too in my career to understand that sometimes it's not really about the knowledge like you can read a book, but it's the connection that you have with the person and the way they talk to you and the way they believe in you that really clicks, you know, and, and makes that difference. So I love that you're mentioning that because I feel like a lot of people may think that it's just a matter of like, oh, but I know what to do, but I, you, in your head, but that relationship and that connection can really do the trick, you know, when knowledge is not doing that. So hmm. I love that you're mentioning that. I think it's a very powerful hmm. thing. So, yeah, and I think I think because you were mentioning this, I think uh, it suddenly struck me. I think a lot of times the confusion is actually in the head. But when you start journaling it or writing it, I think at that point also you get a lot of clarity when you're... Because when you're writing, you are getting that thought in your consciousness and that makes you think whether what you're writing makes sense, doesn't make sense, or is this something that you want and don't want. So I have not done journaling till a very long time, but then... When I started doing it, I think it started giving me that kind of clarity, which are always like confusion thoughts in my head, but they don't get cleared because you're not writing it or letting it out come from your head directly. So I think that is one thing. The other one is that I think which is mostly to do with the times that we are living is uh, people have always thought of jobs uh, as very formal professional setups. Now, I think with say this, uh, what is referred as creator economy, gig economy, even if you know any particular skill today, uh, whether it is say teaching yoga, whether it is say teaching or uh, becoming a YouTube influencer or something, like people are making careers out of that. And at their terms, at their uh, the hours that they decide, the price they decide, and everything is something that they decide. So not everybody needs to go through like a formal job or uh, like a company or those kind of things or, and not be an entrepreneur as well. Like this is something which is uh, right up the alley nowadays. Like, if you have one skill which you know you can monetize, you can actually become a creator and decide everything for yourself. I love that because I feel like a lot of people have this idea that enterprising or entrepreneurship or even a pro like a personal project is a very complicated thing. And it is what you said, like whatever you have is just a matter of creating the thing you want, like the model, the whatever it is that you want in your own way so it doesn't have to be limited to like an llc or a specific company format or a specific mm. project format it can be whatever you want 
and mm. you know I mm. think that's the beauty of it right it's that mm. if you're gonna go that path you might as well design it to be something you actually want right yeah so yeah. I, yeah, really I think I think that the equation has to be flipped because most of the times what we do is we design our life around our career or profession and not the other way around like designing your career or profession according to the life you want to live so if somebody wants to be a digital nomad he should design or choose careers which are in line with what what can be done as a digital nomad and i think that equation has to be flipped which is design your jobs or profession according to your lifestyle or whatever lifestyle you want to lead uh, i think second is that i think uh, because i was just thinking about it uh, but a lot of what i have been able to is because of the uh, what i typically referred as side hustle i think doing side hustles can give you a lot of initial foundational background that okay there is something that i think i can do um, let me figure it out so, because i think a lot of people say you know i don't have any ideas what should i do doing this side hustles whether it is paid unpaid uh, can give you those ground or foundation to be able to build something on top of it and make it a full time whether it's as a creator whether it is as a uh, entrepreneur uh, and like scale that uh, whatever side hustle you are doing and in my case i think my syndicate came because i was doing side hustle as a fundraising advisor and i thought why not put a structure around it and do it similarly a lot of things that i've done because i was doing some side hustle and something really clicked uh, while i was doing it and i said okay let me actually make it a like a proper initiative or a proper uh, uh, project out of it yeah and and i think it gives you enough space to experiment like you were saying before experiment mm -hmm. and do like a little bit of everything and figure out what you like figure out what you don't like then you can pursue it then you can grow it i feel like as you said in the beginning right a lot of people think life and their careers are a straight line and you're gonna go straight and that's it and it's not it's a process right the more you do the more you learn the, then you change with the lessons then you change with the knowledge then you change with the experience and maybe you want to rotate and go a different way and try something new and you know so i love how you're mentioning this because i feel like that's also something that was very important for my career too it's just i experimented many different things until i understood that like my core skill set was consulting and project management you know and that i really was good at strategy and culture and, but it was a process you know it was far it was really hard for me to even find those words like people usually think about design they think about graphic design or ux like you know so i feel like it really takes that time to really find or even create right that space where it's authentic to you and sometimes i think people think oh no but let me see what's in the market so i can fit in and i think it's the opposite it's like understand what's happening so if the thing you want to do is not out yet so that you can create that space right yeah yeah i feel like there is a lot of that that is empowering you know and people usually mm. don't know that in the beginning of their careers or are in you know in, in or maybe even if they are far along in their careers they forget hmm. you know yeah. because the yeah. more responsibility you have the less you f you remember you forget that you can create things right because of bureaucracy or because of whatever so i love that you're mentioning this i think it's a really good kind of reminder thank you beautiful so any final words anything you miss you want to no, I think I think I've covered almost everything that I want to do. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us and participating. I would like to put Definitely. it out there, like whenever you want to come back and participate again, you're always welcomed. 
And thank you so much for sharing so generously your knowledge, sure. your experiences, your wisdom with us. Really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone does too. And thank you very much. That's sure. it for thank today, you so yeah. much. Thank you.